We're gonna have like a pre-bit, like a pre-show gamble. Pre-show gamble? Yeah. Okay, let's play two up, but with coins. 2d6, if I roll okay. higher, you have to give me inspiration for this session. Don't you already have inspiration? I think I used my inspiration. Okay, alright, okay, this is cool. I think you might use the last episode. This is yeah. cool, because Don Khan loves to gamble. In fact, I, I believe he's proficient with gaming dice. I am. So, so is he just looking into the sky, being like, whatever gods are out there? Yeah, like, gambling with us. Don Khan is dicing with the gods right Wait, now. Wait, what, what if you, what if you lose? Do you get? Do you get yeah, a chance of disadvantage against him? Yeah, I get a you chance to nap yes. at, at one point. Inspiration on an opponent. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, are you rolling your two d six? Oh, it's a it's a higher lower thing, is it? What else could it possibly be? I'll just roll is my behind a, the screen can you over like here. Guess it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. All right, here we go. I got six all up. Me too. Oh, reroll, reroll, reroll. <laughs> oh, this in, the tension. Is in the air. I hope you guys are feeling it. Who are you guys yeah. betting on, by the way? Do you guys want to get in on this action? Yeah, you can, you can also the take the take the bet. Mm-hmm. But inspiration or no inspiration? Yeah. All right. I think Ben's going to take you. He is the gods, after all. Are you going? <laughs> are you going in on this bet? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Giselia wants inspo as well. <gasps> I got eleven, dude. Damn, I got nine. <laughs> I got good roll, but I wasn't good enough. Hey, look, so he came out on top. Yeah, Juzzy oh, and one no. of your opponents get inspiration yeah, yeah, yeah. against you in this <laughs> recording. You. <laughs> this is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and ale. This is a tale about a world at war and the people who are forced to endure it. From the wounds of battle come three unlikely partners trying to make sense of something much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, Funeral for a Friend edition, the life and death of Jackson Yusid. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spoken yet on the podcast. Like, uh, maybe, maybe in the free bit. Oh, like... yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, what if they think he's dead? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's blown it now. That was the whole bit, and then you were going to come in and be like, I'm not dead, I'm just oh. moving to Sydney. Oh, you them. didn't warn me, though. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I was worried just... it was one of those things where I like fell into a coma or something, and I was watching my own death or something And like this was that. me trying to tell you, like, yeah. I'm at your hospital Wake bed up, like yeah. Jackson. The how to win loot and influence dragons. I knew that was the only thing that would get through your brain. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, Jackson, you gotta wake up. It's the Christmas special. <laughs> There's a room full of enemies with low HP. Somebody cast a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the sorcerer yeah, here. Yeah, I know, yeah. but there's also like a whole lot of things. So this is all weird. Uh, yeah, but the is. whole point that I was trying to make is, and now it's just going to be an announcement, is that our, our good friend Jackson has some exciting news. He's moving to Sydney. This is probably. Not the last, but probably like the second last time we'll record all in the same space. Well, second to third, because well, yeah, you're going to be gone all December, so this will be he has all to December like stuff. Mid-gen? 
Yeah. Mid to late Jan, yeah. Yeah, so like oh, maybe man. we'll get one when you're back in early Jan, and then that'll be probably like looking like the 23rd of January at this point. <laughs> but don't worry, fans. The show's not going to end. We'll make it work. It's just we're going nationwide, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Jody Masana will now be played by Microsoft Sam, so... <laughs> Oh, baby. Which, oh, I mean, that's Jody's go-to catchphrase. Oh, babe. Oh, baby. <laughs> Hello, I would like to make a monk attack, please. <laughs> <laughs> we should actually do at least one episode like that. Yeah, yeah well, you should... Jackson's <laughs> whole thing is text-to-speech because he's got the flu and he can't speak. <laughs> so he's there with a fucking Stephen Hawking like, voice... Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, right. So, if any, uh, if any of our fans have any uh, immensely lucrative work between now and <laughs> January twenty three to help this poor boy survive in Sydney, yeah. um, let's uh, have a little recap. When we last left our heroes, they were attempting to bring an end to the hostage situation in Sanctuary and save the town from the soldiers who were holding it. They made their way stealthily to the apothecary where they quickly dispatched with Esme, the mysterious magical elf who was with the attackers. Next, they moved to the church, where Hasselback was being held hostage by the captain of the soldiers. They bested the captain, and with the help of Garrick, who returned at just the right time, the party managed to clean up the last of the invading forces. In the aftermath, Duncan found a signet ring from his old military unit on the body of one of the dead. Our heroes were finally granted access to the library at Sanctuary, the whole purpose of their quest to the Temple of Life. Inside, they found much varied information about the Sine, including a reference to a former Sine leader known as Maleficus, who had been in control of the group when they created something that was thought of as both their greatest triumph and their greatest mistake. The group resolved to interrogate Esme and the captain separately. That brings us to right now. My money is whatever happened to that thing. It ended up broken up into pieces. Yes. What just happened there? <laughs> Did you go for a number? No. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, Maleficus. Is Latin a language in this world? What was your question? Yes. Like, why do you want to know about Latin? Mal. Bad. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> the the Ficus. Bad ficus. There you go. So, uh, yep, that was what you guys found in the library. And now you guys are still hanging out in Sanctuary. You've left Esme and the captain. You've had them in separate rooms, I believe. And you've decided to leave them to stew before going to interrogate them. And you've decided that you will interrogate them. So how do you want to go about that? One thing I want to ask real quick is, Ben, as a DM... How convincing do you think our disguises were? <laughs> because it really informs how we, get to, yeah, we approach give this. Give it to us straight, dude. Yeah. Um, I think you probably don't necessarily know that. I mean, Jody's literally wearing like a Zorro mask yeah. around his eyes. So there is that. I mean, the, the, the like Hessian bag is probably not bad. I feel like a half face like leather bat mask also maybe not amazing. Uh, look, you draw your own conclusions about those things. Okay. The lady I recognised that I got the ring off, she was dead, wasn't she? You killed her, yes. <laughs> you didn't recognise her until after she was dead, though. Yeah. So you don't need to feel yeah, too after bad the bloodlust was sated. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, like, sort of ripped your hands from her, like, bruised and battered body, and you were like, oh, God, I knew this one. Yeah. You could almost say that I was 
Hasty Tequila. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty good. Wonderful. Yeah. I really loosened her up for you, though, so yeah, way to spread it lie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. I think uh, before we do anything of the sort, like, Jody probably will essentially, like, sort of turns to the others and is just kind of like, Esme seems important. We sort of, I believe, spoke about this before we attempted our attack on Sanctuary, that she has a name. Right? <laughs> uh, rather than <coughs> anonymous evil person number six. So perhaps we focus our attention there. As far as we know, do they believe? Do we think that they believe we are headed to the Eastern League? Now you you will certainly know you've travelled quite far west of where your last known whereabouts were when you were heading east. Yes. So was that when we gave the diversion? Yes. To Tabsworth, Tabsworth. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so exactly. The the diversion is what I'm thinking about in terms of do we risk blowing that and having a more difficult time into Carthus from this point? And at a certain point, do they know Garrick? Is it more important we feed Garrick information and send him in? Or or did they see through our ingenious disguises and is it all for not anyway? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Maybe we could just prod and see what they know. Yeah. For what it's worth, I will tell you this from a DM's perspective. Like, I'm not going to say at this point, like, you know, through, like, random heated battle, the captain and Esme have both seen you for all of, you know, 30 seconds as you were, like, knocking them unconscious mm. or tying them up. You could probably intimate that, like, as of right this second, they don't know who you are. It might not become a very convincing ruse if you, like, go have yeah, an extended discussion yeah, yeah. with them. Mm. Um, do you have any illusion magic or anything of the sort? I do have a, an actor feat, uh, <laughs> which gives me advantage yeah. on deception. Pulled and cut. I'm pretending to be someone else, Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm. You could pretend to be um, fucking uh, Shia LaBeouf with the Hessian sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's an idea. What if we just enter the room behind them? And have them tied to a chair facing the other way. Or I could make somebody invisible. Do it that way. <gasps> oh my god. Like, imagine this. You're tied up in a room. You're about to be interrogated. And then just like a voice just starts talking yeah, to you. spooky, There's right? No, yeah. Could it work? That is very spooky. Yeah. The question is whether you want to burn a what second level spell slot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many slots you got these days. If we think, I, I think that might work better on the captain. I don't think Esme is going to be spooked by that because she is a spellcaster. You <laughs> might be able to spook one. the captain with it. I just think. How are you going to stop them from turning around? Like, <laughs> when you tie them ah. to a chair, I guess I can turn the chair. But they're also already and bound. Head. Right? Yeah, but if I turn my head, I oh, I can see most of what's <laughs> behind me. What exactly do we even need to know from them? Perhaps what they need the um, sanctuary cider for? Sure, but but arguably they're fighting a war. If they're working for the king, maybe that's what they need. Maybe there's something more malicious. But at what point? Do they have any th- any intel here that we genuinely need? I guess it would be good to know if they have discovered our ruse in and which, are on our tail. In which case, we should not be the ones to go You're in You're right, there. yeah. Should we send Garrick? I don't want to send Garrick into the slaughter, but it potentially makes more sense. If they knew of him as a an aide of Valeria, rest her soul, um, then perhaps that is the way forward. Did they not think he was headed with us? I mean, the last one you had Tabs with Tabs with Garrick was with you, and he was like, oh, you must be those four people who were the people that we were out here hunting down. What if we ask <clears> that <throat> big, scary lady to do it? Andrea. Andrea, yeah. Yes. 
Our uh, regular Brienne of Tarth. Hey now, <laughs> these are all original characters in my own creation. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you say that, it's original like, to me, Ben. I yeah, don't yeah. know. The as you say that, this rift opens in the space time continuum, <laughs> and Jody just sucked out. Gwendolyn and <laughs> Christie yeah. falls in his place and yeah. slaps you. But, but Jody's wearing gone. her Captain Phasma armor. Yeah, it's yeah. really like, weird. Jody's gone, and I'll now be playing fantasy Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> The first step to nailing a Gwendolyn Christie impression is you have to talk with more force than seems appropriate to the situation you're in. What are you guys thinking? Who are you inter- so you're going Esme first, did you say? And are you guys going in at all or is someone else going in? What's the plan? I think in order to get what we need to get out of them... You know what? I'm going to do this as a Duncan. <clears throat> in order to get the... The preparation there was incredible. That was exactly. amazing. The shift. Yeah. The, it's like, the it's like Tom's left the room and yeah. Duncan's here. <laughs> You swept me away on this tide of fantasy, dude, and it's it's incredible. Thank you for doing this as Duncan. Thank you for the gift. Yeah. Duncan kind of says, I thought you were doing it as Duncan. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I've got some questions that I think I need to put to the captain. Obviously, there's other things we need to ask Esme, but I'd like to have a moment alone in a room with the captain. I think Jody just kind of like... Stiffens up a little bit, just kind of like, oh. Garrick, um, probably quite subtly, you notice, casts like a look in your direction and just like raises an eyebrow at you. Duncan looks back at Garrick, keeps his face stony, mm. meets his eye, lets him know he's seen, mm. and gives him nothing more. But a little kiss on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garrick just, just sort of slowly nods and says, uh, you know, that's fair enough, divide and conquer. You know, that's what they say. Maybe, uh... Maybe you go take on the captain and uh, we go talk to Esme. Yeah, that's not a bad plan. And either way, I think I think it's best if they both die at the end of this. I'm getting a really weird vibe right yeah. now. It's just, it just sucks because Jody was about to be like, I need to walk outside for a second. I'm just going like, to like wash his hands and be like, I don't know anything that's going on. But now you've just been like, we're going to kill them. My word. It's too Even dangerous if they know who we are and where we're going. But do they know that? One of them's about to. Do you want me to turn you invisible? Or do you not want to fucking do that? Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps not jeopardize the entire fucking mission. How about that? Okay. Okay. So, what? I'll leave the captain be. Are you still going to interview him, or...? I, I, like, look over to Josie, and I kind of, like, mouth to her, like, I think he was going to... Just going there and like beat the shit out of him until he died. What? I don't think there was much questioning involved in that. Jody, no. <laughs> I think as Jody says that to Dracilia, Duncan says, that that wasn't the point. Look, I'm sick of talking about this. Just what are we doing? Are you going to interview him? No. So what do we do? It's a, it's a little crossroads. First sort of uh, important-ish decision that you guys have got mm. to make, basically. Like, Duncan has, like, a, a personal sort of side quest. But then that could be detrimental to the larger quest, unless you kill him. I, th- I think the bigger thing is that, like, Jody has no fucking idea who this person is to you. Yeah. He knows that exactly. you were a soldier, but, like, that's it. I probably didn't see you pick up a ring at the end of, like, last time. Mm. And then you're like... I want to go in there and fucking kill this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. Jody's probably just kind of like, yeah. why would you give us our position away? Maybe Garrick sticks his, sticks his nose back in and says something like, look, Duncan, I don't pretend to know uh, exactly what your business is here, but uh, I can see where they're coming from. It's a big uh, risk to take. Maybe if they understood a little better, it'd be a bit easier for everyone to get on board. 
there are some friends of mine I left behind. And, well, it's, it's more complicated than that, but I'd like to find them and make it right. And I know that one of the ladies who was here in Sanctuary, one of the ones we, we killed, served in the same detachment I was with at the time. And so I thought the captain might might know something about where I could find my friends. But the only way to even broach the subject, broaching it in and of itself, would reveal on some level who I am, enough to connect me back with those of us who are meant to be in the Eastern League by now. I think probably, like, hearing that, Jody probably, like, walks up to the, the room and, like, opens the door and just kind of, like, stands back. Garrick is also... He's he's doing nothing after he said his part. He's just kind of intently watching the situation. Duncan walks over to the room. Does she really have any input on this? Or she She's not? very okay with this. Wonderful. <clears throat> yeah, and then I think I, I think Jody turns to the resilient like we should um, go deal with Esme, I suppose. Okay, and I think yeah, walk walk away. Okay, so which of these little uh, talky talks do you want to have first? Let's roll with this, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's also going to be extremely fun because I was like thinking today, I was like, man, oh, what were the character voices of those guys? And then I was like, oh, right, it's Bane. Bane conversation. All that good narrative just yeah. thrown away. Tell me about them. It would be very painful for you. <laughs> um, you guys are doing really good veins. <laughs> it's very <laughs> easy. You just put your hands in front of your face and you go. Oh, oh. Do you want to try, Gracie? Go on. Let's give it a try. Tell me how it is. Say, try, try. I wanted more breakfast. Your mind or your body? What are you saying? That's that's the trick. That's the trick. That's the trick. What are you saying? I was born in it. I'm I'm satiated. We can move on. Wonderful. So, uh, you guys go to the other little holding cell, makeshift holding cell, uh, where Esme is being kept. And I guess it's what, the three of you? It's, it's the two of you and Garrick? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful. So you guys all walk on in, and sure enough, there is Esme, this willowy elfin figure, wearing black robes, bound at hand and feet, and gagged. Mm-hmm. What do you guys mm-hmm. want to do? Are we still wearing our disguises? <laughs> I still got my hair in the sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash in the sack, I love it. Are there eye holes in the sack? That's what I want to know. I feel like it's open weave, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It's like a Jason Voorhees in in, uh, episode two of that franchise. Mm. Check it out, I'm still interested. (laughs) (laughs) And S.I.Q. Ratio. I'm going to show you how that Twitter handle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Jody walks up and... First, double checks that her hands are actually bound, so mm-hmm. like she can't, you know, fulfill somatic components, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ungags her. She just says, "Who are you all, and what are you going to do with me?" Oh, I think the more important <laughs> thing is, who are you? She just kind of like balks at that, and is like, "If you don't already know, I don't see why I should tell you." Well, um, your outcomes. <laughs> Your outcomes here really depend on um, how well you cooperate 
in this situation. I'm going to say Esme kind of looks at you hard for a second and kind of like almost sort of sniffs the air. And then you see her face move through a few different expressions from kind of like the like anger that she had initially into like kind of interest and confusion. And then her lips sort of pull back in a smile and she says, Oh, what have you got over there? And she's looking straight at you, Jody, and specifically at your bag. I think we could have a conversation, but you need to offer the first blow. (laughs) (laughs) She says, she kind of chuckles and she goes, you already know who I am. I'm Esme of the hands. Oh. Refresh my memory. <laughs> At that point, she all out laughs like I just did. And she says, are you telling me you just carved your way through all of our defenses, brought down myself and the captain, and you don't even know who the hands are? It's a bit of a sad indictment of the hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, you're wearing our uniforms right now. She looks at, like, gestures at the door, you know, kind of uh, as best she can at the two of you. I think Jerry just, like, looks at Drusilio, just, like, pleading to help. Drusilio's <laughs> <laughs> just like, we're the ones who'll be asking questions around here. <laughs> she says, she chuckles again and says, well, then go ahead and ask some. What was the purpose for you taking so much of the cider? She looks at you kind of like incredulous and is like, that's your question? There's a war on, dummy. It's the most powerful restorative beverage anywhere. I did suspect as much. <laughs> <laughs> she, she now, now that there's a kind of a lull in the conversation, she looks at you a little more intently and probably over at Drazilia as well and is like, oh really? Do you even know what you've got over there? Bring it out. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, I think Jody does. Wait, what is she? What is she talking about? The notebook? No, she's looking at me. And so I think Jody reaches into his pack and pulls out the blue gem he took mm-hmm. from the Temple of Life. Wonderful. And just kind of like is like tossing it up in the air to himself, like trying his hardest to be like smug or at all, like pretending he's nonchalant. Like, yeah, a little bit of power in the situation. And he's just kind of like, oh, did you mean this? She kind of, like, looks like she kind of had suspected, but actually seeing it, you notice her expression changed a little bit. Can I get, like, an insight roll from the pair of you? 16. Okay. I'll say with the 16, you notice that, like, she's still got this kind of, like, smug, smiling expression on her face, but this genuine shock hidden a layer behind. And she kind of says, You actually found one, didn't you? Well, do you know what it is? Of course we know what it is. <laughs> she says, I've got to ask, who are you working for? We're the feet. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of chuckles at that and says, I suppose that was a ill-advised question. Garrick, at this point, has been leaning on the door looking tough, pipes up and says, listen, lady, you got to start talking straight with us. We've got a lot invested in this, a lot of time, blood, and a lot of lost friends. So uh, if you want to get out of here with your head on your shoulders, I think you need to start uh, being a little more forthright with us. And she kind of says, I really don't think it's going to play out like that. Jody, can we have a sidebar really quickly? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jay turns to you and is just like, What have you done? <laughs> you, you hear Esme just go, Jody. And then she goes, Ah, dang it. Hmm. And then some weird things happen reasonably quickly, which is to say her face changes again. Like, it goes from this kind of, like, smug slash maybe slightly shocked expression into deep concentration. She shouts a word that you guys can't really hear, but you feel almost like a physical wave of force. It just stuns you for a second. And then she very quickly rattles out a bunch of other words that you can't understand. They sound sort of elvish, but not like any elvish you know. And something you can sort of see buried underneath her black robe, shines through really brightly for a second, and then fades away, and she gone. Did it look like the thing that Valeria did? It might have looked very much like that indeed, (laughs) but a lot faster. A lot quicker. I think Jody sits down for a second, because he has two personal crises. One is that, obviously, Drasilia has has thrown him into the lion's den by revealing solely his existence to these people. But number two, he thought Valeria was dead the whole time. And now now he just saw someone disappear intentionally, as Valeria did, and he doesn't Mm. think she committed suicide. Mm. And so he's just watching and being like, maybe Valeria's alive as well. And so Jody's just having a moment sitting down on the ground, just reeling from this, I think. In fact, you might feel like you're reeling from that, but if you were to glance over at the door, you would notice your boy Garrick standing there. His face is just, like, fallen. His mouth is agape, and he's just staring at the space where Esme was sitting. And he's sort of, like, trying to form words, but he can't. Then he says, do you, do you think that means that... Was it just me, or did that look like exactly like what Valeria did? Yeah, I guess. Yes, it, it did, it did Garrick. Yes, it did. He says, I think we need to do a little more reading. And he runs off to the library. He leaves the two of you there and just sprints off to the library. Can we open the notebook and see if there's anything? You can take out the notebook, you can have a flick through it. There's nothing new in there. This is, you can assume, I mean, like, that if there is new information here, Valeria didn't know it. I think Jody's just kind of, like, looking over at Drowsy, just, like, wondering if there's going to be, like, an apology or something. <laughs> just, like, no, not expectantly, just, like, curious. Drowsy's <laughs> just like, what do you want, dude? Like... <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. And I think he just like, sort of pockets the piece and so, yeah. like heads out the room. Uh, shall we head back over to Duncan? Hang out with the captain. I believe this scene is going to be extremely painful. Formless, So this is all happening in a room that you're not in. And you walk into another room where the captain is sitting in the chair, also bound at hand and foot and gagged. What do you do? I think Duncan walks over close to him, kneels down in front of him, takes off his mask, and then produces the signet ring that he found on the other soldier and says, do you know what this ring is? He looks at the ring, and then he looks at you for a second, and then he goes, I do. I served. I wore one of these. I worked with an interrogator called, well, we called him the werewolf. On the front lines. Yes, the werewolf. You must be Duncan. Do you know where he is? I do. What I don't know is why I should tell you. Duncan places the ring gently down on the floor in front of him and takes up his greatsword. 
and puts it through the man's foot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like... (laughs) After a moment catching his breath, he says, Look, I won't pretend that physical threats aren't unpleasant, but if you think that's going to be enough to get me to betray my king, you're going to have to think again. I cut off his leg. (laughs) Um, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's bleeding profusely and he's just screaming again and like trying to catch his breath and he's just bleeding out on the floor. I don't know what your strategy is here now because he's gonna die. I shout out, I need a healer in here. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so after like a few seconds of this guy screaming and like bleeding, a sister of Gliata like sort of bursts in through the door and is like, oh, oh my goodness. And she like rushes over and starts like muttering some magic and like casting a healing spell on the like stump of his leg as his leg heals over. Can I get you to make an intimidation check with advantage based on the leg chop removal? The advantage, and then my modifier that's going to come out to 21 or 1. Okay, I think that's sufficient, especially considering the leg removal. And uh, Considering the leg removal. Yeah, you know, without it, that wouldn't be good enough. Yeah, no, he, um, yeah he, after like, I'm going to say probably like 10 minutes of him getting this medical treatment to basically like stop the bleeding of this like leg removal that he now has, he turns to you and his face has changed. There's very little defiance left in it. And he says, Okay, Duncan. Well... Last I heard, the werewolf had been given a special operations group and sent deep undercover in the Eastern League. His specific task was to determine how the League has been able to transport so many troops and munitions so quickly, moving faster than our scouts or any of our intelligence can detect them. I don't know any more than that. He's deep cover. As for the rest of your platoon, well, as you've already seen, at least some of them receive promotions and Others are retired or dead or scattered to the wind. The ones that mutinied? Well, you saw to those, didn't you? I didn't kill many of them. I don't have a complete list of troop dispatchments, but I understand not most of them are no longer in active service. What few that remained, as I've already said, many of them have been promoted to special ops in other divisions. He doesn't know, like... Where every single one of them ended up. He knows the werewolves' new assignment and that a lot of them retired or moved on. Well, is there anything else or are you going to let me go soon? It's very hard to do any kind of voice acting whilst also doing the Bane thing. Yeah. Tom Hardy, bless up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he really... <laughs> yeah. Where would you go if I let you leave? I'd probably go back to Carthus City. I want to find my old friends, but I can't betray my new ones for it. You're not leaving here. You can stay here in Sanctuary, as long as they're safe you are. I suppose that's the best I can hope to achieve out of such an arrangement. Duncan picks up the signal ring Mm. and walks out of the room. Hey everyone, it's me, I'll keep this brief since you already heard from me today. Firstly, as always, our sincere thanks for listening. It continues to bring us so much joy that you guys all enjoy the show. If you really love it, please tell a friend or give it a rate or review on iTunes. You know the drill, listen to the other Curio shows as well. Instead of a shout out this episode, I wanted to give a quick programming note. 
If all goes according to plan, the next thing that you'll hear in this feed will be a special holiday episode. We talked about it today and it sounds like it's going to be heaps of fun. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, look out for that. We want to create some more kind of canon adjacent content, like the Halloween episode as a nice jumping off point for new fans, while also making some really fun special episodes for the whole family to enjoy. Alright, I'll leave it there. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Thanks. You guys have completed your interrogations. Mm. I suppose you guys debriefed to some extent uh, yeah. on uh, the disappearance of Esme. We lost her. It yeah. was not. It did not go very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I do not want to um, to lie to you, Duncan. We did a very bad job. <laughs> um, we got something for nothing. We weren't expecting it. That's true. For nothing. <laughs> uh, I will say that um, Esme's possessions were left in her room. If you were to go look through that, you would find, in addition to like various uh, magical components and gems and spices and shit, worth 300 gold pieces, you find a very small satin pouch containing four little stones that any of you versed in magical arts would know are sending stones. What's a sending stone? Basically like a little walkie-talkie. Oh, it's adorable. Should we split them up? Yep. Yeah. Give one to Garrick, I guess. Mm. Is one of you going to the library to find him? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. There's some other stuff as a magic user I should probably hold on to. (laughs) (laughs) Jody walks, grabs the whole bag, and walks away from the (laughs) studio. Jody, come on. So you guys go to the library to track down Garrick. Uh, As you all walk in, he's just like bent over a desk. He's got a pile of books and he's just like feverishly flipping through them, looking for any reference to like this kind of like magic that he's now seen twice to try and figure out what it is. Do you, um, do you need a hand or? Uh, look, whatever time you can spare, uh, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next little while. Have you found anything yet? No, but it's only been about 15 minutes. Fair enough. <laughs> it was unreali- unrealistic. We, we understand. I lost track of time for a bit there. <laughs> Garrick, we got you the stone. He picks it up and looks at it and just puts it down on the table. He's like, ah, th- thanks, guys. It ma- means a lot to me. What it's a like sending it? stone. Ah, that might actually come in handy. Thank you, guys, sincerely. And he puts it in his pocket and then he goes back to his pile of books. Free texts. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> international calls. Yeah. Jesus, what a plan! Um, yeah. Interdimensional quick. calls, actually. Real, qu- real quick. <laughs> can you with sending stones? It's a percentage chance. Can people tap sending stones? Is that something we're worried about? Are we worried about that? If they can, it's not in the PHB. Okay. <laughs> when you said tap, I thought you meant like send a little it's Morse like, code. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. That's like text messaging, right? Like yeah. sending stones, yeah. Remind me of the rocket frog for a second there. I heard it as well. Crazy After frog? I did yeah. It. Crazy oh. frog. Bing, 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 bing. Crazy frog, of course. Oh, oh, get away from me with this crazy frog. <laughs> um, so, what's the plan from here? I guess Sanctuary is moving on, is it not? From your conversations, they said that like eventually they would move on. Right, okay. It's not like an immediate thing. Right, okay. I suppose we need to sort of head towards Carthus. I think George Chenzo Garrick is like, Valeria mentioned the scholars that she was working with and potentially they might know whatever her and Esme both did. I think Garrick takes a deep breath and kind of like looks away for a moment. 
When he turns back, he says, there's too much for me here right now. I've got to look through these books. I've got to find what I can. I can't leave Andrea and the rest of the refugees. Someone's got to stay and uh, help fix the place up after all the damage that we did. And uh, I'll make it to Carthus, but I'll meet you guys there. Now that we've got these sending stones, it should be easier to stay in touch. When I get there, you'll find me in an inn outside town. Duncan, you'll remember many nights we spent there. The watchful protector. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Good night at the WP. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going for that vibe. It's just another Batman joke. Yeah. You, just, you, just, you just totally skipped it. You can find me there. But now I think we should at least temporarily go our separate ways. Scared like super into Valeria. I mean, or Andrea. I'm so, on a love triangle. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, I'm thinking. Like, I'm season, thinking he's now leaning love Andrea, yeah. leaning Andrea, but still can't get over his Valeria. Hang I up. mean, well, but that's the thing. Like he thought Valeria was gone, now, so he started moving on. Yeah. Back in the picture. But now it's too complicated. And he's already oh, too no. far along with Andrea. Look, what's going to happen next? Look, uh, I think you're all getting the wrong vibe about this uh, Garrick Valeria situation. I think you don't can't even asked him at one point, like six episodes ago, whether he was in love with Valeria, and he was like, no. Yeah, but don't you have? Don't, yeah, don't, but- surely you have a friend that when you ask them if they're dating someone, they're always really like stone faced about it. And yeah, I can't think anything. of anyone like that. <laughs> do, you know, do you think we're going to get like erotic fan fiction before we get character art? Like, do you think that's going to happen? Like, mm. it's going to be like you know, like Don't people. Don't Garrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dunrick, that's the a, a big yeah, one. Dunrick. Um, yeah. Maybe it's already there, and we mm. just have to find it. Yeah, Valaric. Valaric, yeah, that's a big yeah. one. Jody, just solo stuff. Drunkan, Brasilia Duncan. Cross Drunkan. Drunkan, it's too good. It's pretty good. Jody well, is Rod, solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Jody X Rod. <laughs> <laughs> when Jody figures out what well, that button can really do. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. <sighs> I think Duncan sort of says to Garrick, if you've got to stay, you got to stay. Keep an eye on that captain for me. Don't he- let him go walking off. <laughs> that is a horrifying joke <laughs> to make him out of person. His leg, you amputated as torture for information. Wait, Magical don't... healing, it's all He's good. He's not going to grow a leg back. No. <laughs> You know, I don't How actually know. Actually, work. that's like, a good point. I don't actually know. He very well might. I mean, certainly it wouldn't be the craziest thing that you can yeah. do. In like, D&D. if you can put someone to the point where they're bleeding out on the ground. Mm. And if you can literally bring someone back from the dead. Yeah. And you, you can, can change your own them. body form. Yeah. You I think probably hit point away. health can regrow a limb. Anyway, uh, maybe it's like a Harry Potter thing. We're going to, like, grow all the bones again. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's that kind of thing. Just call him Jelly Leg in the meantime. Uh, give me that Or jelly Captain leg. Jelly Leg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, put hey, put jelly leg on the setting stone. How you doing, man? Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, something like that. Maybe it's like a um, like a Deadpool thing. Also, mm, yeah, where it's like a baby uh, hand. Yeah, baby yeah. leg. He's got a baby oh leg. God. Oh, Captain Baby Legs. Captain yeah. Baby Legs. <laughs> I think Jody just kind of gives Garrick an embrace. Yeah, that's why Bullion gives him a big old hug. Yeah, I think uh, he he uh, enthusiastically returns your hug, and he gives Duncan a big uh, forearm handshake. Boom. Yeah. Oh, like fucking Predator? Yeah. Like Schwarzenegger yeah, and like yeah. Carl Weathers himself. Mm. Yeah, Predator. exactly. And he says, uh, I promise this uh, won't be the last time we see each other. I'll catch up with you all at the Watchful Protector. Jazili does the thing where you like do the little wave before they can come in for the handshake or the hug. Yeah. So 
you can avoid all human contact. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of was like going for a hug and then he's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, see ya, Brasilia. Catch up with you later. Just as a final note, Duncan says to him, do you promise to tell me about my mother the next time you see me? <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, yeah, mate. I'll tell you about your mother right now. <laughs> He's like, ah, just a little, just a little rogue humor for you, Duncan. I know how you love them dirty jokes. Get it out of here, scamp. <laughs> Catch you later, Dad. Because yeah. he was like, I promise I'll see you again. And I was like, well, I'm getting some real Ned Stark vibes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. spoilers for season one. He doesn't see Jon Snow again. The spoilers are so far beyond season one at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We're really cycling back at this point. Like, yeah. Uh, as you guys have your little farewell with Garrick there in the library, and then you probably, I imagine, head out of the library back into the main part of town, where the monks are still carrying out, you know, moving bodies into a big pile, sorting through the stuff left behind. Still people are like, you know, just recovering, getting settled. It's the next day after their hostage situation. And you quickly spot Hasselback through the crowd. He rushes over to the three of you and says, Thank you again for everything that you've done for us. I imagine you'll be moving on soon. I think we'll probably make our way today. Physically, yes. Not. <laughs> yes, very, very much uh, yes, to your next location. Yes. I, I don't mean that you'll be dead. I hope not, at least. If you have any supplies that might ease our travels, it would certainly be appreciated. Uh, he says, well, seeing as thanks to you guys, we've got way more water to make Sanctuary Cider than we ever thought we would. More than you could ever need again. <laughs> more, well, uh, certainly at least several years worth. I suppose we can afford to give you some of our uh, remaining stocks from the last batch. Uh, they're getting a little thin, but we should be able to make new stuff pretty quickly with all the new water. Make uh, some thick ones this time. <laughs> <laughs> what? He said they're getting a little what? thin. Stomach. Oh. <laughs> no. Who would like a viscous cider? <laughs> well, you know that viscous stuff is that potion of requirement thing. He says, uh, go, go see Giles on your way out and tell him that I uh, authorized him to, to give you guys... Whatever he could spare from the remaining stock. Is there anything else from Hasselbeck, or...? He says, I've got one more favor to ask you guys on your way to Carthage <laughs> City. It's just a letter. My brother, Kipfler, lives in Forest Edge, which you probably might know, certainly Duncan would I imagine, uh, is right on the edge of the Ashwood. It's on the very western tip. It's like a town like that is like on the big road entering the wood, and then from there it's like a few days across the plains to Carthage City proper. He says, if you could pass on the message, uh, that'd be much appreciated. He'll, uh, he'll find a way to get a response to me. And he pulls out, like, a sealed envelope and hands it to you. Okay, yeah. Just a letter. Like, <laughs> comparatively with what we deal with, that's actually fairly easy. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of wonder if there's anybody else that could uh, maybe do this. Kind says, of grunt work, Look, I, I know, I know, it's kind of below your guys' uh, skill level, but uh, you're all heading that way, and we kind of need all hands on deck here right now. Of course, yeah, that's fine. Just thought that I'd put it out there. <laughs> What's the nature of the correspondence? Does it matter? <laughs> he says, uh, some of it is of a personal nature, but uh, the general gist of it is that uh, we're looking for a place to, to move on and resettle. And I'm wondering if Kipfler can help us out. Is this the sort of like a real estate based meta, like a meta game? Yeah, sort of yeah, like it's called. Like... Evocation, evocation, evocation. It's yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Location, location, location. location. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Let's swing past uh, the potion man. Yeah, the apothecary. Mm -hmm. On your way down Main Street towards the apothecary, you see making my way downtown <laughs> <laughs> to get potions from a little no man. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, through the, the thronging crowds, you spot Davin, the werebore. Oh, shit. Uh, he comes yeah. over to you, and in his droopy dog voice, he's like, Oh, you guys uh, moving on as well? I'll be uh, taking Jeffrey here back to uh, Aldbridge pretty quickly, now that I'm all cured and we survived that hostage situation. Honestly, a uh, pretty rough run of luck when you think about it. <laughs> Werebore kidnapped us, then some crazy dudes from the King's Army did the same thing, but uh, I guess you saved us both times, so we're twice in your debt. And he gives you a small little half bow to the three of you. Whoa, I bow back. Yeah, nice. And Jeffrey says, uh, thank you, sirs, for saving me from... Excuse you. You literally weren't there. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah we you literally Giselia is still fucking outraged. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! You were not busy make me. chilling out <laughs> when these two boys were saving him, <sighs> saving him. So he says, uh, "And you too, also, Cecilia, uh, Thank you as well. I guess I suppose you did help with the sanctuary saving bit. So thank you for that, uh, sirs and madam. That's delightful." I hope you travel safe and don't get kidnapped a third time on your way home. He says, oh boy, me, me too also. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, Morty. And it, no, 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 he just seems really scared now that you've mentioned that as like a possibility. And uh, he's like like looking away and looking really nervous. I'm like, hey, uh, Jeffrey, for old time's sake. And I do like the sweetest backflip. Oh, the time. best flip? Yeah. Oh, he's Roll like, for it. Do a performance check. Yeah, give me yeah, that. Okay. Or acrobatics. That's a nat 20. Oh! <laughs> oh, so just as he's starting to look really scared, Jody busts out like a literally like off the foot triple backflip into like a fucking somersault, handspring, fucking triple sal cow, and then lands it all. Yeah. I land and, and I bow. As, yeah, as, as uh, I pull your top hat off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very uh, Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Jeffrey's delighted and he, he claps and uh, yeah. So you guys proceed on into the apothecary, mm. and in there is Giles taking careful stock of the bottles that line the shelves, and he goes, eh, what are you guys looking for? What do you need this time? Just hit a freeload a bit more, mate. <laughs> well, at least you're honest about it. Uh, what can I, what do you need? Hasselbeck said that we should come to you and ask for any of the um, remaining stock that you can survive without. We'll take three of your finest ciders, sir. He says, mm, three. How does a crisp six-pack sound? And uh, he pulls out a little wooden crate with six sanctuary ciders in it. Each of you get two of those. And he says, least we could do, really. Saved us a couple of times now. So uh, take them and go before I change my mind. Thanks, mate. Well done for um, glassing that lady as well. <laughs> he kind of like flexes his hand with like a little cut on it. And he's like, huh, yeah, it's been a little while since I've gotten a scrap like that. But uh, I guess it's like riding a fantasy bicycle. <laughs> this was truly a strange conversation. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, nice. Uh, all right, so you guys move out, and I guess you move on out of Sanctuary. Northward? Yeah. Uh, you'll be heading kind of like northwest towards Forest Edge. As you walk out of Sanctuary, the town in the basin, and get back on the road again after your detour, you cast your minds back over everything that has happened in the past few days. It seems like such a lot in such a short amount of time. So many new friends, and new deadly enemies, and so much new information, not only about the Cine themselves, but what exactly are these pieces everyone seems to want to get their hands on? Who are the hands, Esme mentioned, and could Valeria be alive? 
You set your eyes on the horizon and begin picking a path through the ashwood. You know the only way to find the answers to these questions is to press onwards with your quest to Carthus City. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.